for 40 days. And so if you weren't here last week, that's what I'm talking about. It's a challenge. Um, in light of that, Carrie had something she wanted to share. The next song is all about being grateful. 
and I just am aware that there are seasons in life for all of us when it's hard to be grateful. It's hard to feel grateful. It's hard to express gratitude. And I think that, I believe that is when it's most important to sing that gratitude, to speak that gratitude, maybe when it's the very, very hardest. And I think of it as, I will be grateful. I will
grateful for your presence here in this place today. We make the choice to worship you. We make the choice today to center ourselves on who you are and what you have done and what you are doing even now. We realize that there is a kingdom at work, not just in this room or in this church property, but you've got a kingdom work going on across the globe, drawing people to yourself, helping people, empowering people to move from darkness into light, from hopelessness into hopefulness, from brokenness into healing. That is who you are and what you are doing. So we honor you today. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We are your people called by your ourselves before you today. We open up our hearts and our minds to whatever it is you would have for us. Whatever it is you want to do in us or even through us today. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to invite our ushers to join me up front as we prepare to receive our morning tithes and offerings. I'm going to say a prayer over that, and and then as we begin to do our offering, we're going to have a video announcement that's happening up on the screen, plus our kids are going to come up, put their offering in here, and then they're going to start lining up, because they've got a special song that they're going to sing for us today. Jesus, you are our provider. Thank you for the provision that has come and the, the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with this glorious church. It's what we pray in Christ's name.
Kids, you're gonna stay up here with me for a couple of minutes, cause since you're hanging out with us this morning, uh, we want to do a sermon in a sack. And I think you guys have. Oh, there, here it comes. So in case someone's here for the first time and doesn't know what's going on here, uh, they brought an object. And it's in a bag. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. And my challenge is to do a little teaching moment for these kids. Is this going to bite me? Okay. And this came from the Magistrelli house, so there's no telling what we've got going on here. All right. What do we have here, boys? A turtle. Somebody tell me what's unique about turtles. by God. Okay, I think you just you just did the little sermon in the sack right there. That's perfect. Land and water. Uh, is there a particular word for that that describes animals? I can, I can name that. Amphibian? 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 
Holy Spirit of, of when we're going to reach for the, the tithe and the scale. Yeah. So you can hear me? They walked on water.
heard some songs this morning about being grateful, being thankful, and and yeah, we're 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 not to Thanksgiving yet, but we're we're kind of ramping up towards that, which was which was why we talked about the forty day negative fast that we implemented this past Sunday, and we kind of want that vibe. We want we want to soak in that thankfulness over the next forty days, not just having. Thanksgiving be a couple hours on one Thursday that that's surrounded by turkey and football, but but we want to sort of be in an attitude of, of thankfulness uh, over this next month. So so you're going to experience that um, that vibe. I'm going to use that word because it's cool. Um, that vibe uh, over the next several weeks, and um, so today. We, we get into the book of Hebrews. Pretty challenging to pe- preach through a whole book, especially a whole book of Hebrews in one Sunday. So I'm, I'm not going to attempt that, but here's what we are going to do. We're going to look at a couple of distinct passages that happen in Hebrews that, that I think are, are really important for us to look at. And the first one happens in chapter 4. A couple of verses in chapter 4, 12 and 13, to be specific. Now, there are occasions that most of the time when you get into Scripture and you want to look at a verse, you, you, you really need to experience the context. In other words, you need to, you need to be reading all around it to, to really understand what the, the context of the verse is. And then there's occasions where there's just some verses that, that are so poignant, they, they can just kind of hang there on their own, and, and they deliver a, a clear, distinct message on their own. And you can hit them with, without knowing all the context, and, and, and you won't go wrong. And I think that these two verses do that for us, and, and will do that for us today. Here's what it says, simply put. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Here this year we've been... We've been walking through, uh, as best we can, the whole of Scripture, just trying to experience what what each phase of of Scripture is communicating and and how to understand reading it. And here, Hebrews, as we kind of get to the end of this really long sermon series, Hebrews just speaks very clearly here about the Word, that it's living, that the Word is active, that the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it has the power to penetrate to, to the depths, to the, to the core of who we are. So much so that it can judge our thoughts and our attitudes. And then it even goes on to say in the next verse, Oh, and just in case you were wondering, everything about us is laid before Him. We're... we're Everything about us lays naked before him to whom we must give account. There is nothing hidden from him. So we have this, this exposure, the reality of this, of this exposure between us and him. 
But the power of these verses is that is that the word can come in, and, and, and as it's coming in, it can penetrate to the core of who we are, and, and it can address things that uh, are maybe our deep, dark secrets. It can address things that, that maybe are secret struggles, things that maybe even our spouse doesn't know about, things that we think are just complete secrets to ourselves. And yet we're, we're, we're told here very plainly, when it comes to our relationship with God, everything is seen by Him. There are no secrets. There are no hidden closets. There are no safety deposit boxes uh, holding secrets from Him. It's all exposed. Now, my initial reaction to that is, wow, that's really scary. But as I get past that initial shock and, and fear, I realize, wow, what a, what a real comfort that actually is. And what a stress reliever that can actually be. That this God who has put all of this into motion, this God who has created everything and is, is the sustainer of everything, knows everything about me, and in spite of knowing everything about me, loves me no more or no less. That his passion for me is just as relentless as it is for the person next to me. The initial scare goes away pretty quickly, and suddenly I'm like, wow, how he feels about me even though there is no secrets between he and I. His love for me is passionate and relentless. His pursuit of me is relentless. It's alive. It's active. Have you, have you experienced that when you, when you study and maybe, maybe you dig into a passage that's completely familiar to you, something that maybe you, you've heard all your life. You know, it might be David and Goliath, or it might be Noah's Ark. I mean, who, it could be, it could be any, any story that you want to dig into in Scripture. Have you experienced that no, no matter how many times you go to it, you, you find it that it's alive and that it's active and that you might even see something in there that you've never seen before, a, a, new, a new insight into it. This, this, is, this is ancient text here and yet it's not just an old book that we dust off and occasionally read it, it's it's living and it's active and it's and it's got function it's not just for head knowledge but but it, it, it wants to dig deep inside of us and and into places where, where it's even the talking to and and, and affecting the, our thoughts and our attitudes. I've heard several reports this past week from, from the negative back and how, how challenging it is. And, and it is challenging. It is challenging to try to um, to try to capture capture negative thoughts as they're happening here before they turn into actual words or actual criticism or actual judgment or actual whatever coming out of our mouth. It's really hard because it's not something most of us are practicing all the time. 
So pay attention to it as it's starting to come out and and cutting it off at the source. And when I say cutting it off at the source, it's it, it, it's it's like, okay, I need to have a little conversation with, with God here. Where where is that negativity coming from? What's what's the source of that? Is that just the enemy out here throwing in random thoughts trying trying to get me to do that? Or is there something that's happened in, inside of me? A wounding of some sort that's happened. Maybe maybe if let's just say, for instance, if if I'm having um, negative thoughts or critical thoughts towards another person. Well, where is that coming from? What's the source of that? What's the root? The Word of God is living and active in such a way that it can it can dig deep inside of, of that area, and it can expose things. It, it can it can reveal things to us. It can remind us. Well, you remember, 27 years ago on this particular day, they said this particular thing to you, and and it wounded you. And you didn't realize it, but it, it took root. And you've always kind of had this thing between you now. You've always had this. The Word of God is that living and that active. That powerful. Have you had the Word of God wash over you in such a way that you've experienced this? I want, I want to do something together. We're going we're gonna to practice this a little bit, okay? So I'm going to get some help here, and um, we're going to allow the Word of God to just wash over us. So here, Jackson, why don't you take this mic, and you're going to handle this aisle, and Griff, you've got this one over here. What, what happened to Benjamin? He's, oh, he's, he's in nursery. So can I have, uh, Jamie, would you mind helping me in the middle here? Thank you so much for putting on the spot. So so here's what here's what I want to do. And, and we're going to use a microphone because I want our live streaming people to be able to, to hear the scriptures that we're calling out. I want to take some time and just allow you to start calling out scripture, okay? It might be a life verse or a set of life verses that you have, a favorite verse that you have. But we just want to let the Word of God, which is living and active, begin to wash over us and maybe even begin to penetrate inside of us. So would anybody be willing to just start? When, you're, when you have that pulled up, you'll just stand up, and whichever microphone is near you, they're going to come. And Don't be afraid to speak into the mic. That's all I ask. Thank you, Diane. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Psalm 118.1 Never been good at memorizing. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Fish John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I live with you, and peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Let us sing, says, as you're hearing this, this letter from Mary. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This is my voice, says Mary, voice I memorize, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given unto you. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is solid. He shows all who possess you wisdom. Psalms 18, 11. I said I had a problem memorizing things. However, this is the one that has always stayed in my heart and mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have testing of your faith produces but let long suffering manifest its tempting work in you that you may be becoming perfected and complete lacking and one more thank you there you go thank you thank you everybody for doing that let's So what, what, what that does for us as you're letting the word of God wash over you like that, it's, 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 it's penetrating, right? And, and it's coming in. And who know, out of all these different verses that were quoted today or read today, certainly there's at least one that 
connected with Jesus? And if so, why? What's happening inside of you that the Word of God is touching on? See, this is, this is the living and active part. It's not just stagnant old words on a page. But it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, with, with the power to be able to penetrate to the core of who you are, stirring things, wooing us closer to God, bringing healing, whatever it needs to do. Just as Timothy said, you know, all Scripture is God-breathed and, and useful, has function, is able to, to do things, to move us, to shape us, to transform us, to even rebuke us if necessary. All doubt is necessary. That's the power of Scripture, and the writer of Hebrews points that out. I also want to look at what would be my life verses, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. These are, these are the three verses that, that I sort of build my life on. And, and, and Hebrews chapter 12 um, is sort of the, I, I think, what would be the, the hinge pin of, of the whole book of Hebrews. Whenever you begin a passage or, or a new chapter and it says, therefore, you know, okay, at this point, context is important. You've got to understand what has just happened because the, that defines what the therefore is. Hebrews chapter 11 is, is filled with a bunch of names. So if we've got the cross right here in the middle, okay, we're on our timeline. We've got the cross right here in the middle. Hebrews chapter 11 has, has all these names filled in and talking about faith. In fact, talking about faith in Jesus. Which, which is amazing and, and profound, and, and it's probably the most profound thing that, that Hebrews delivers to us. The idea that, that Abraham and, and Moses, that these people who lived a thousand, two thousand years before Jesus ever walked this earth, somehow had, had faith in Jesus. We know this because the word faith in particular is, is the word that is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. The definition of that word literally is belief in Jesus as Messiah. So when you go through chapter 11 of Hebrews and you see by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, it's saying by pistis Abraham, by pistis Moses. In other words, by faith in Jesus as, or by belief in Jesus as Messiah, Abraham. By belief in Jesus as Messiah, Moses. By belief in Jesus as Messiah, Elijah. Whatever, these, these names are all looking towards the cross. And, and they're way, way before the days of, of Jesus walking the earth. And yet somehow they have faith. goes on to say 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So now here we are on this side of the cross, and we're way over here now in verse 3. And this living and active word is, is happening. It says, okay, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and the context is all of these names over here, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, what, what's happening in our lives now. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So now we're looking at the cross from this side. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now think about this. The author and the perfecter of faith is, is here on the timeline. If you're thinking only timeline and you're thinking some human terms. Yet these people have that kind of faith, but the author of that faith is here. Except we understand something. And Hebrews is supporting this. Jesus' timeline doesn't start here. The beginning of Hebrews says he is the exact representation of, of this being. This, 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 this one that, that everything about us is laid bare before him. This, this, this God that created everything and, and instituted everything and put everything into place. Jesus here is the exact representation of which means he's always been. Do you understand this? This isn't radical news to us. Sometimes when we have our theology in our minds, we have our understanding, sometimes we, we fail to think through how we how that theology has come to be understood. When the writer of Hebrews institutes this letter and puts this letter into the hands of the church, he's helping the church understand something about this guy that walked here, this guy that talked here, this guy that, that did this amazingly cool stuff and then dies on a cross and raises from the dead and ascends into heaven. His timeline didn't start at his birth. God of all the universe. But he was functioning here. Institutes timeline here. So when we're reading that by faith Abraham or by faith Moses and we understand that Jesus is the author of that faith and the perfecter of that faith it's because he was out here instituting all this and and put something inside of their hearts and their minds to help cause them to, to understand and to begin to look forward to something something that was going to happen a, a deliverance a a a radical thing that that God was himself was going to do someday the writer of Hebrews is explaining this throughout the first several chapters the people in this day and age, they didn't get to see it with their own eyes. Their timeline started and finished before Jesus ever set foot 
on the earth, and yet somehow they had fictitious faith. So that the writer of Hebrews on this side of the timeline is like, they have just as much faith going on as we do here. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us therefore run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. Now keep, think about this. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. This was not drudgery. He had this plan instituted from all the way over here. Think about the thousands of years of anticipation moving towards this, this one amazing moment where finally, with the joy set before him, he's able to finally put his hands on that cross and allow the nails to go through them, and the nails to go through his feet, and the spear to be jammed into his side, and the crown of thorns to be crushed on his skull, blood and, and, and water just pouring out of him. And it was with joy that he did this. Knowing that redemption was going to be public. We are. And the glory of God is still going to be enacted. Still sharper than any two-edged sword. Still penetrating to to the, to the core of who we are. And our belief in Jesus is the same over here as it was for them over here. And he says, consider him who endured all this. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. But the truth about us, right, is circumstances put us in a place where we can quickly grow weary and we can quickly begin to lose heart. It's like, it's like the circumstances, and sometimes it doesn't even matter how big or profound these circumstances are because our humanity is always fully intact. And even just the smallest thing can just set us off and we get to a place where we're just like, woe is me, and we grow weary and we begin to lose heart and we begin to forget about Unbelievable design implemented, and he he didn't just implement it; he fulfilled it. He's the author and the finisher. We have leave us out here to figure this out on our own. He did it himself, and then he explained it to us. All so all all we're doing in this. Is just understanding it and and saying yes to it, agreeing with it. And by the way, that's 
when, when you're reading through Hebrews and, and he gets into this thing about the Sabbath rest, that you see that in chapter uh, chapter 3 in particular, and you're just kind of like, what is really that actually talking about? All of this stuff that, that was being worked for. And, 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 and when, when the writer of Hebrews puts these words down, understand that the temple is still functioning. The old system is still in place and is still functioning. Priests are still offering sacrifices, and things are still happening in the temple. And the writer of Hebrews is like, yeah, sorry, guys, but Jesus has fulfilled all that, and he is now our high priest, and he's functioning in that role now between us and the Father. He, he, he's, he's mediating on our behalf now. So whatever you guys are doing over here in this old system is, now our direct access functioning as our high priest. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In fact, the very next verse, you guys, just in case you, you don't really get the argument, he, he just stresses it this way. And I think these words are on the screen, but it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In other words, you, you think your, your situation is bad? You think your circumstances are really that hard? Then it hasn't been you. So, if he is your hope, grow weary and lose heart. Let him be your strength, or as we talk to the kids about, let him be your shelter. All of this that he accomplished, all this he instituted and fulfilled is so that we can have this Sabbath rest, this this, this relationship with him that is that has freedom and, and strength and empowerment and, and oh, and yeah, and, and he gave us his word, which is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the to joints and marrow and, and judging thoughts and attitudes of our heart. I mean, do not grow weary and lose heart. So I remind us, even in the midst of the hardest stuff that we carry, thankful for we have that to be thankful for what Jesus did for us on the cross if you can't find anything else in the moment to be thankful for because all all other aspects of life is just in shambles thank you Jesus for what you did personal moment with you and Jesus, the, the author and perfecter of your faith. Just thank him for 
question that we think we do, that we began our journey thinking for his word is as we've experienced today in gathering in his church. Maybe we get to hear his voice back and forth working on Robert and what the three of you we are reminded today of how profound your work is not just was but is somehow somewhere you being the the creating and sustaining God of all the universe, set a plan and emotion that you knew was going to be necessary for you to become human, for you to cram yourself into flesh. And not just just dwell among us, as, as, as John says, but he goes on to say, he... He became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are Messiah. In a few short weeks, we will begin to celebrate your your coming, your, your arrival, your birth. birth had a purpose. It wasn't just to be born. Your birth had a purpose because you, Messiah, needed to come. You needed to be God with us in flesh. Not just showing us or teaching us how to do life, which he did, but you had to become the perfect, blameless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and you did just that. You were the author of this plan, and you were the completer of this plan, the finisher of this plan. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, there's so many that have testified to the truth of this plan, we are to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And we are to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We're to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and we're to fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning shame, sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We are to consider you who endured such opposition so that we will not grow weary you are our strength and our hope. And we honor you. I invite you to feel the same way for Pastor Dan. Pastor, to join us in singing our blessed song. 
necessarily true that that's all of our stories is this. There might be some in here that haven't yet really bought into this plan, this thing that Jesus is the author and perfecter of. There might be some in here that have been on the fence or, or maybe you've walked away from the plan and Feeling the Holy Spirit drawing you to a response, to a decision, to to an, an agreement, an affirmation of simply saying yes to to this plan. I don't I don't want to get in the way of that decision being made. I don't want us to pass this moment by. Here's what I want to do. I want to invite you again just to, with your eyes closed. And, and, and it's it's really just, just me looking. And, and I want to I ask you a, a very personal question right now. For those of you that have not Just slip up your hand. Just raise your hand and, and just 
think we should give him grace. Is there anyone like that in this room? I, I want to make sure. I see one. Is there anyone else? You want to ask Jesus into your heart today, or you want to return to Jesus today? One or the other. Anybody else?
your name, to join in creation. We love you. We turn our hearts towards you, our attention towards you. And I thank you now for the way you work in our mess and the way you work in spite of our mistakes, the way you work through them, the way you make beautiful things of our lives, your transformative power, Father. Thank you for it. We need it in our lives. We all need it in our lives. Thank you. 
found out who you are. And we redeem you. Redeem us. Redeem us. Make us new in this miraculous some way, maybe even in many ways, it's unexplainable. The truth of what you've done in us is on our lips. And we are voices to a lost and broken and dying world. There is hope. There is life. There is freedom. There is victory. experience it ourselves. So thank you not only what you are doing in us, the beautiful things that you can do through us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You'll just have a seat for a few moments. I, I know it's sort of like the end. You guys can go if you want to. I, I um, I don't want to drop the transmission, so to speak, but there's just a few things we need to cover together as a church family, and then we're going to move into um, lunch together. Um, but we have um, we have this significant event coming up this Thursday. Um, our, our Compass Creed event is easily the most heavily trafficked event that we have with in connection to our community last year seven to eight hundred people came through these doors and we're hoping for that again regardless of the numbers we want to be a presence in our community and we, we want to extend the love and the grace and the mercy of, of Jesus to those that are going to be out church recruiting and we're, we're one of the stops in town okay and so um I hope that you have been planning on that. It, it, so I know you've got a couple of choices. You, you'll either come here or, or you'll hand stuff out at your house, which is great. Both are great. But you can be the hands and feet of Jesus there as much as you can be here. If you're planning on coming here, though, we really need to know. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I ask you to pull out your phone, okay, because we're going to do a little electronic sign-up here. And it's going to be real complicated because you're going to text me. So here's my phone number. Okay. What we need to know is, um, so please give me the family name because some of your numbers I have saved on my phone and some I don't. So we want to know who you are. So tell us who you are. And are you bringing a pot of chili for the chili cook-off? Are you going to bring a cool car, a uh, sports car, classic car, you know, a show-off kind of a car? Some of us have those kind of things, and, and pull it out of the garage, and and let, let's have fun with that. Um, and are you planning on or planning on decorating a table? We want to make sure we're prepared on those three things. So if you'll text me at this number about Conquer Crete, that would be very helpful. And then if you'll text me about one other thing, and that is the prayer vigil that's going to happen next weekend. November the 8th and the 9th, from 5 p.m. on Friday night, the 8th, until 5 p.m. Saturday, the 9th. And we're looking for people to pick 30-minute segments where you'll come to this building and you'll – thank you, Mom. Sorry to the bug, but thank you very much. Um, we're, uh, we're looking 
for people to sign up for 30-minute increments. We're hoping that somebody will always be in this building praying for 24 straight hours. So if you have a 30-minute segment in mind that would be that would work for you and your family, if you'll add that to the text as well, I'll make sure and get your name on the sign-up sheet. I found that this is the best way to get you all to sign up because you don't forget. I'm, I'm, I'm holding up my phone right now, and, and hopefully you're, you're actively engaging your phone um, while I'm talking. And since we have our phones out, I want to talk to you about something that has been developing over the last month or so. Cindy Sipes, and I don't think she's here today, Cindy Sipes has has given us a very significant presence out on social media with, with Facebook and with Instagram. So a Facebook account and Instagram account, both. Um, and so if you're on either one, I, I would ask this, that you would connect to or follow or um, be a part of Woodland Life Center, Instagram and or Facebook page. And then what she's doing is she's posting about every other day. Okay, she's very active in, in, in putting that out there. And so when we when you're scrolling and listen, I'm the worst social media person here. Okay, I, the, what I barely do is scroll Facebook. I hardly ever post what I'm trying to get in the habit of doing is when she posts something, I just like it, okay? And by me liking it, what that does is that expands who is able to see it and experience it because now my friends see that I've liked something. So if you think about this, if, if we would all do that to one degree or another, now you, you, may be, you may have more of a presence. You may go beyond liking it and you share it or whatever all that is. The more we do, the more we're, we're all walking billboards through our social media. So Cindy is doing an excellent job keeping everything updated and keeping a very active presence out there. So what I'm asking for, from us, church family, is that we'll just like it or share it. And we begin to be walking billboards um, for our community. If we're going to have Vision 5 unfold for us, Easter Sunday morning. This is going to be one of the key ways that we're able to pull that off. By Imagine, again, Easter Sunday, 500 people hearing the gospel of Jesus. 500 people in this room hearing the gospel of Jesus. What an amazing morning that will be. Um, let's see, was there any other... Okay, so the card. Yes. Okay, so back to Halloween. Uh, I want to invite our ushers up front. We have cards. So what we have is we've created some uh, little, they look like little tickets. And I have, there they are. They're, these are not Halloween-centric, okay? The, and so they can be used at any point in time. And they're basically uh, an invitation ticket. It's one side that says this ticket hereby awards one free food item at the Woodland Life Center Cafe. This is a great thing. If you would like to uh, put it in, in a, if you're going to hand out candy and you'd like to take some cards to put some cards in the bags, we're going to do that here for people as they're coming through. Or maybe you have some neighbors or some coworkers and you've been trying to figure out a way to start a conversation 
to um, invite them to church. Again, this is not Halloween-centered. This can be. This can happen at any time between now and Easter. But we wanted to put something into your hands that you could put something into their hands that would encourage them. It would give them another reason to come to church is they, they could get one free food item in our cafe that is now functioning. And thank you, Bill and Nancy Springston, for getting that going and off the ground. And it's excellent. They can take as many as they want, okay? So if, if you want to take 20, take 20. If you think you only need five, take five. We're not, there's no minimum or maximum here. We do want you to use them, though, okay? So don't take 20 and then throw 20 in the trash can today. Um, we do want these to be functioning. Um, but we're trying to help us engage in some conversation with our neighbors, co-workers, family members, those that the Lord is starting to put on your heart. not about us, it's about the kingdom, right? We want them to be in heaven. Don't you want your friends and your loved ones, if, if you knew that today was your last day on earth, if you knew that you had just a few hours left, who would you want to tell? Who would who is it that you're hoping to see in heaven with you for eternity? That's what we want. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had church today. Man, this has been a great morning, hasn't it? Wow. But I guess we're not done because we're going to have some lunch together. So what I want to do is I'm going to say a blessing over you, and then I'm going to say a blessing over the food, and then we're going to get organized over here as quickly as we can and dig in. If you came today and you didn't know we were having a potluck, it's okay. You can stay, or you have plenty of time to run the city market, grab some fried chicken. It's always welcome here. Or a pumpkin pie if you want to do that, whatever, and, and bring it. Um, there's plenty of time to run to the store, bring something if you feel the burden to do that. Um, but I think I believe we're all invited to stay and have some fun together. Are you? Are you? Oh, did you wanna? You wanna do that? Now? Okay. Hold on. Sorry, I'm gonna get this. Sure. Um, I wanted to pass it over to you, Austin. Okay. So I get the honor to say something special to Miss McKenzie. So if you come Yay. up here. So thank you, Miss McKenzie. I know you create the clean room, the lessons, prepares all the dishes, the snacks. You have such a good heart and a heart that God has just His, and it's incredible. And your hard work has not gone noticed. And I just want to say that for everyone in here that has kids, that those they just your hard work is paying off incredibly. And we really thank you. Is a gift card from the church, and then we also have something from the church. 
Pastor Greg. I really got to know him uh, when I started working with his message team uh, back when they were just at that age. And really, these are people that uh, we, everybody has a central interest in our ear, and uh, it's like I just feel welcome and part of our family. Unless you're new here, I'm sure you all know who Pastor Greg is. Uh, if you're not, you uh, highly recommend that right after this, that you take the time to you know, get to know who he is, get to know him, and uh, you know, if you want a real treat, best jokes ready uh, as part of your introduction. Um, in church, I mean, what's these most recognizable features? Just laugh, right? It, it's infectious. It brightens up an entire room, sometimes the entire church. Um, but it, it's a wonderful thing, and, it, and you know, it makes us all smile. And uh, and so, even with his, his cheery disposition, though, he's been charged with a very serious task, Right? Leadership, for some people, is a natural gift. For others of us, it has to be learned. It needs to be taught. And that's that's what Pastor Greg does for us. You know, He teaches the church, the staff, the board, and his fellow pastors. You know, and for that, we love you, Greg. You know, and we're, we're thankful for all you do as a servant to the Lord. Jerry earlier was teaching me this morning that he is ill, so I have the privilege of thanking Sarah and uh, my name's Lori Crockett, and uh, it is such an honor to be able to work alongside Sarah and her serve in the Lord. She has such a heart for Jesus, such a heart for the leading of the Holy Spirit, and is teachable in ways that um, a lot of a lot of people that lead worship have a hard time being teachable in. She is she just goes wherever God leads her, and I'm so grateful for that, and she really seeks him out. Every time I come to meet her up at the church, she's in her Bible, digging away in there, and uh, just really seeking him out, and um, I just love how she just wants to serve him, and more than anything, she really wants your heart to be lifted up to him, and for you to really understand and build your relationship with Jesus more and more every week. And she's just dedicated beyond anything that any of us know. And, and, and I'm just really grateful for someone that just seeks Jesus out so much. She's such a blessing. So thank you so much, Sarah. Autographs for 
spelling to like show that it's actually a sign and not just an accent. I don't know. That's going to be something to see these days. But I like Master Tinker. Sometimes I wonder if and for those in the community and actually for those that um, when we we do have a mission strip that we take to Ethiopia and you read about things in the world and see about things in the world but until you actually go with them and watch them experience what we think are bad conditions in the U.S. You can't even explain what we come up against in Ethiopia. One explanation I have for some people, take the worst city or the worst part of the city you can think of in the U.S., take it times 10x and no one even comes close to seeing the conditions in there. But overall, this is the man that is concerned about his whole flock, concerned about every person in this building. And it's an honor for me to stand up and say, thank you, Master Tinker. Thank you.